Oh, it feels so good <sighs> to be back. It's like a breath of fresh air right there, dude. I needed that. I took, needed that. <laughs> took a little little Jeez. hiatus. There's some craziness in the CrossFit world, but we are here to bring you guys Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. Along with Bill Grundler. Wolverine. And we are going to be moving into our sixth episode of our very first series, Analyzing the CrossFit Games, and the year is 2012. And we were just talking off uh, off camera a little bit. In the uh, th- this was a big year, not just for the games, because um, we went off site in a big way this year. Oh yeah, uh, but for regionals, regional yeah. coverage, and for us, it, it, me in particularly, was the first time I got to broadcast or be a part of the broadcast crew um, when we all went to the Central East Regional. Oh, that's right. And we did our very first regional coverage. Yeah. Of the, uh, and it's like, uh, it was a big tryout, basically what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as with anything that I usually do, it was like when the regionals were over, I was like, well, that was a good first time, last time ever <laughs> to broadcast again. <laughs> Thank you for letting me just step in here and play. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, uh, and that was it. That was kind of, uh, you know, it's, some of the history that goes behind a lot of these podcasts that we're doing. And that was the year where the broadcast media coverage took the next step yeah, into the, the media broadcasting landscape. And that is where uh, we, you and me got yeah. to work together for the very first time, even though it was kind of like parallel sides, I was doing a lot of stuff with the teams and you were with the individual men. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was, I mean, you know, I ha- I have to admit that like you look back on those old old days, I air quotes on that old days. Um, back in our day, where we really did back, yeah, back in my day. <laughs> um, you know, we didn't, we really, I mean, we were getting better, but we were really at the beginning of of for on our end, and we're trying to be professional, trying to really understand what it was that we're doing, really knowing our roles, like understanding the difference between what a play by play person does and mm-hmm. what a color person does, and why they do what they do so that we can give the information to the to the public rather than just two crossfitters talking about stuff (laughs) people are doing things and there they go and that's (laughs) awesome and this is awesome and in the lead and not in the lead and yeah i mean that we really were able to start to hone um our skills which was which was really cool but i i'll tell you what for me 2012 it my crossfit career at least on the open and this was my heyday this is this is where i peaked out um this was the year that we did diane as a regional uh, event oh yes uh, yes so that was like the first time we had a a i mean other than like the chest of our friend the first time that we really did a named workout in a competitive setting as an actual event and and the, the speeds at which people were able to go Watching people like Dan Bailey and Chris Spieler do Diane flying <laughs> through these things. I mean, basketballing their heads at like breakneck. I mean, literally breakneck speeds right. and stuff that was happening it was out of control. But my heyday, and this is like the I'm gonna hold on this to the day I die. This was the <laughs> year. So Rich Froning is doing his thing at the you know at the Central East. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing at the SoCal Regional. So we all had the same event and. This was the event. I had no idea how it happened. We were outside in our venue. It was, you know, blazing hot down in down in uh, oh, California. Oh yes, 
and we get going on the first event and I'm just kind of going through my thing. I'm doing my handstand, I'm doing my deadlift, doing my handstand, doing my deadlift, come off the wall at the end here and I stand up and I'm looking around and I'm the only one that's done. And I actually, I won that event and I ended up beating Rich in that event. And I'm going to hold on that. Forever. That's right. The oldest man to beat Rich Fronin in any regional <laughs> event. I swear, I got a shirt. I got a shirt. I'm going to make it. It's, I'm going to hold on to it forever. You need That needs to be a flag. You need to fly yeah. that flag. Forever and ever. And I mean, and I, you know, thank Thank God Rich has never said anything. He's like, hey, you know what? I just gave that one to you. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll take that. But that was that was my best season um, uh, as far as a region goes. I missed it. I missed going to the games by two spots that year. Yeah, I remember that because so, you know, Rich was going at the Central East at the same time, which is where yeah. all we were. So you, yep. you weren't there because you were competing. Right. And I remember sitting in the back of a rental car with you know, Sean Woodland and Sharit Chan and Tanya Wagner and everyone's yeah. like looking at their phone and talking about Bill. It's like, yeah. oh my God, he's winning. Yeah. And I'm like, on day one, man. I was like, oh, this, ah. is, this is cool. What's happening? <laughs> 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 and so that was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun year to kind of watch you from afar while trying to, you know, uh, try out to be on the broadcast crew and then you know everyone everyone there are supporting you from afar too it was uh, a really uh, neat, we have, we have, neat we have experience a cool group of people cool group of people that we've all been able to work with for sure yes rest in peace yeah. <laughs> crossfit media team it's all right we still do three-legged rest races every once yeah, in a while. exactly okay, we get out of those sanctional things it's all good so that's kind of how 2012 shaped up for us uh on the competition side for you on the uh, audition side for me 2012 was the year i missed due to shoulder surgery which actually led to me getting um this tryout for the broadcast team so you know silver lining silver lining <laughs> uh, silver lining. god shuts a door he opens a window is kind of the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the song we're singing there, and let's look at the 2012 CrossFit Games. Rich Froning is coming off his very first win in 2011. Um, Annie Thor's daughter is coming off her first win from 2011, and as we approach 2012 from our move to Carson, this will be the third year we are in the StubHub Center. They decide to take things off reservation and into camp Pendleton, which is a marine base uh outside san diego yeah yeah and it is affectionately called and forever remembered as pendleton one and pendleton two kind of like thing one and thing two if you look at it like that <laughs> thing one and thing <laughs> it definitely and definitely thing was two. a thing one and thing two and what it was was basically a off-road, I could say, um, triathlon, which yeah. was a 700-meter swim, yep, a 8-kilometer bike, and an 11-kilometer run. However, there were no, where, where we're going, we don't need roads type of uh <laughs> type of type of event and uh the, the way it was scored it was there was a checkpoint there's a checkpoint about 150 meters into the into the run and then your overall time um afterwards and we still have that 100 point system i believe they're retreading the same system they used back in 2011 and you had 100 points for part one and 100 points for part number two and I, it, it, the funny story that we had is that was our very first event that 
other than Bill and Justin, we had ever covered at the CrossFit game as this new media entity. So what did they do? They decided that instead of putting us in a nice studio with TVs, cameras, and direct contact with the truck and the director and the producer, that we would be sent out into the foothills of Southern California on this military base with a cell phone on a group call trying to broadcast something we have never done before in our lives. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, one of these times we got to get Rory on here because this is like one of the, my favorite stories of Rory with the whole thing is his head was exploding because he was getting so pissed off about all. There were so many moving parts on our end. Oh, man. And we thought we were high tech in it by grabbing your whatever Blackberry or your, whatever your <laughs> flip phone was at the time plugging in some earpiece and then trying to use that as your group call as people are moving from one place to the other place. And I, I mean, signal was dropping. You're trying to mute. Some people didn't even know about the mute button. I remember Josh, Josh Everett. Everett. He was just, oh my gosh. He was like all over the, <laughs> <laughs> Josh, get off the phone. We're trying to talk. <sighs> he's talking cause he's trying to move up his hill spot or wherever he was. And oh my gosh, trying to organize all that was absolutely out of control at least on our end mm -hmm. um but the event itself i thought was really cool because one so of the cool. things at crossfit at the time we were just a bunch of you know we didn't like to run we were the athletes that didn't like to run we don't like to that's what those other people do in the long slow <laughs> duration type of stuff and then here we are and this was kind of that that element of no we do do this and we did do this you know at the beach before but now they added the swim. They made it a longer swim uh, where it was actually the the ocean was much different compared to where they had the swim yes. before. So, I mean, there, there actually were some waves here that, that people had to navigate. Uh, the the bike that they had was, oh um, you know, through like it was these funky, not not really that cool, like mountain bikes mm -hmm. uh, that they had to ride through this really sandy washy area people are bailing out because uh, you know you don't have all the gear and it, it was <laughs> like i said no roads through. no roads no oh, paved roads man, it was terrible and and i mean some of the funniest things on that where people were grabbed it wasn't this nice triathlon setup where if, you know you guys have done triathlons oh, anywhere yeah. they have these nice rigs and they have all these uh rack systems and you have your nice little pad with all your stuff right there there were bikes that you were supposed to get <laughs> and it happened multiple times that people were grabbing the wrong bikes, so the seats are in the wrong place. And oh my, it was like absolute mayhem. As you know, Lucas Parker is just getting like naked, oh, so like, dropping trowel in the just transitional area, off, trying to put his stuff on. You know, getting into the bike, and then you know, then the the I thought after that, like once I got on the bike, it was cool, fun to watch it. You mm -hmm. can kind of see that. Um, but then that run. You know, so the, the end of Pendleton one was about 150 meters run. So you mm -hmm. bail off your bike and it's a, it's a hill sprint. You get to the hill sprint, you're already smoked out. And this is one of those classic kind of events where you crush yourself into the opening of this long, mm -hmm. long event that you have to do. And it did damage to people going into that long oh. run. that long run that they had to do smashed people not just long and, run and i'm gonna say like it's, it's a long it's a it was a long walk for most hills like I mean, the, it was up, straight Fouché, up straight oh my gosh oh my julie fouche annie sakamoto uh i mean you know rich froning 
um, all the other big names were there, Kyle, Casper Bauer that were there, mm-hmm. Matt Chan. These guys were not running this hill. No. It was a quick walk. I mean, even like the guy that won, I, well, geez, Chad McKay was a big name back at that time. And him and Numi, uh, Katrin Arson were like battling back and forth. I think those guys lost themselves in some sort of weird haze because they came off this run. A yeah. Completely different person. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it well, and was, um, what was it? It was out of control. Numi. So Numi won Pendleton one. McKay won yeah. Pendleton two on the men's side. But I remember like Numi collapsed and like was put into like an ambulance. Yeah. After it was over. Yeah. Like, well, he was, I mean, like, so those, those guys were one and two and then they flipped. Yes. On Pendleton two. So they were battling that entire time. I think there's only like a minute and a half between those guys or something. But it smashed people. Chris Spieler, who always crushes the runs. He had cramps and he was hurting and he so, was, I mean he was like twenty fourth or fourteenth place or something like that. So I, yeah, I was I was actually on so I was I was designated at the top of one of the many hills that were on this run. Right, it wasn't just a straight eleven k trail run. It was no. it was mountainous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to to have yeah. the best description. Um, and he 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 was cramping so bad in his quads he was walking downhill backwards. Yeah, it was yeah. nuts. Um, okay, the women's side, Ruth Anderson Harrell gets Pendleton one. Julie Fouché wins Pendleton two by just 22 seconds or even less. Well, let's say it, that was a two hour. Yeah, 22 event seconds. 22 event. seconds. Two hour event. So, I mean, like when you're talking 22 seconds over two hours. Right, right. Nothing. That's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Nothing. All right, so that was the first event of the CrossFit Games that nearly. Um, Knocked out every single CrossFit Games athlete that was in attendance. <laughs> but we weren't done with Pendleton 1 or Pendleton 2 or, or Camp Pendleton um, at all. It, they, um, you know, a lot of these bases and military bases, they have these obstacle courses that they have there as part of their training. And the athletes as event technically three was an obstacle race. And it was a tournament style that we've seen in recent games. Um, but it started the first one was in 2012 and it was so badass yeah so badass to watch and i don't even think we were broadcasting it or some some of us were the rest of us got to just watch yeah so they it was it was done so fast um because i mean it was literally like under 40 seconds for basically Mm -hmm. i think i think the women were doing it like in 45 seconds so super fast and it was that um bracket style event so Obviously, the faster you go, you move into the next heat, and then the next heat, and then the final heat. Um, and they had uh, two guys. I believe it was Justin Judkins and maybe it was Sean, I think. Um, Might have been, that, yeah. They were there, and they were basically standing on site. Same thing. They got their cell phone and their uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, little, little, oh, little, on a cell head, phone. little headphone mic. Okay, and here we are in the next heat, and you know, doing their thing. But the the way what i what i thought was cool about it was it again it was not something that you could normally look at the the spartan type races mm-hmm. were just starting to come to fruition there in fact i i i think a year or two years before this um i did a big and it wasn't even called a, a spartan race but it was a it was some sort of an obstacle race and it was in on the same basic trails where you, you did a 10 K and they had some obstacles. So like that's you, that was kind of the extent of what we would do. 
but this whole thing was a straight obstacle. So you had these weird bars that you had to kind of slide and traverse across. You had bounce beams, you had walls you had to jump up mm-hmm. over. Um, the classic, you know, jump over the high wall, crawl under the low wall kind of thing. Um, a rope that you had to swing across. It was very fast, and these guys and girls didn't have a lot of opportunity to test it right, or to try right. to figure it out. So what was interesting was watching how some of your more athletic spider monkey types, guys like, uh, uh, um, oh, man. Uh, Kenny. Yeah, Kenny Leverage. Uh, uh, he immediately was doing things that people were not doing the same way. So also yeah. people would see that and you'd see their eyes would light up and like, oh, his bar pullovers and then how he swung like between the parallel bars yeah. on top and it was just it was just crazy. But that was one of the things that that was one of his strong points is he he was just a very athletic kid, especially mm-hmm. back then. So you know he hopped in and it was fun to watch the way they would do it. Um I think going from a very, 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 very long event yes. to a very, very, very short event. Yes. Um set up a really cool first day uh, yes. of really kind of testing what those athletes were going to be able to do. Cause I'll tell you what, like there was all kinds of ice baths before people, <laughs> you know, as they came out of penalty one and penalty two, trying to chill themselves out, getting into this, this obstacle race. And it was super, super mm-hmm. cool to watch. Mm-hmm. So on the, on the men's side and you know, Spencer Hendel wins on the men's side. I mean, if you just look at your top 10, you got a, a, a list of, the more athletic guys in the field. I mean, you got Hendel, Leverage, Froning, Pat Burke, Graham Holmberg, Asia Barto. Yeah. You know, like the, these are your more top athletic individuals at the games rather than just fit. You need a combo of both. And I think the athleticism was the big test here. Talena Fortunato makes a name for herself for the very first time to the CrossFit Games and gets first on the women's side. Uh, behind her, Kristen Clever and Annie Thor's daughter round out your top three. And so that was day one, right? We went super long, super short, you know, all monostructural bodyweight stuff. And then we move into day number two. And, and this is where they had that day off. So the next day they had Oh, yeah, they had a day off, off and, was, and everybody could like tend to the blisters on their feet and, well, and there was rehydrate. A lot of and, and, I, and that was one of the things. I think that was this element mm-hmm. of having a big first day and then that. Oh, this was day. the first time we had a break day. You're right. Yeah. And this this is this, this followed that that path for what the next four or five years um, until they decided to kind of swap that. So you always mm-hmm. had your the pattern was, and this is one of the things that a lot of people start to talk about is, oh, we always know on the first day we're going to swim. We right. always know that we're going to kind of do the long, slow duration stuff on the first day, and then we have our break day, and then we can kind of get into the regular CrossFit stuff after that. So this was that first time where it really set that up. And again, I think it was really needed because these guys just, you know, their system just went into shock. Yes. <laughs> their, their feet went into shock after that, that first day for sure. And, and like at the time for myself, you know, I was heavy into triathlons. Um, in the early stages of my CrossFit career. And after watching that, I go, Mm-mm, I don't want to do this. Yeah. There, I had no desire to do this. So that was Wednesday. So we moved to Friday. So we had that rest day on Thursday. And on Friday, we had a, a kind of a spackling of some skills tests that we kind of saw um, coming over from 2011. However, what they did is they they separated the events, but dropped the point values for them. So one was a max distance broad jump, which was, you know, a test of power, explosiveness, some strength. 
Well, there, was, um, there was a lot of questions about that. It's like, why do a stupid broad jump? Like, right. what is that even supposed to show? But one of the one of the responses that Dave Castro gave during that time was, this is one of the events that they do in the NFL Combine. We're looking right. for explosiveness. So uh, it, it is a valid test, although I don't think that most people think about it. That's why I thought it was interesting, because there were a lot of people that cannot jump. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm sorry you suck at it, so it, now it's a bad test. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and it was funny cause that morning they were supposed to do it, but it was raining. Yeah. And so they did this test. Like no one actually ever witnessed the broad jump take place because they did it like <laughs> under the stub hub center was, in like right. the warm up area. <laughs> um, so Nate Schrader wins the broad jump and Telena Fortunato gets her second win in a row in back to back events. Uh, again, this was worth 50 points. Normally the big events are worth 100. So she wins. And that's when we started to kind of look at her. We're like, oh, okay, who is this? You know, because yeah. she was very athletic. Yeah. Big, strong, and very capable. So that, that was kind of cool to watch. New blood on the scene. Um, and then we go into a, another unique one, which is a different version, I would say, of like the softball throw. <laughs> and it was the med ball toss. And what yeah. this was, it was you had four med balls and you had to grab them from the ground, sit up, and then basically like catapult them as far as you could down the, the field. The field, yeah. Of which they totaled your distance, but also time it. It was a very weird. This is probably the yeah, weirdest like event. It. I didn't like it. There was there like, was a I, lot of different things that went into that on how yeah. it was scored. Yeah. Um I I understood what they were trying to do, but again, for if for me if I was programming, if I was programming, mm -hmm. I think there's one thing to look at skills like the broad jump. I think that that's a valid test. Yes. Uh yes. the ball toss to me, I see that more as a training workout rather than a competitive event like to me that i don't see that i don't see that piece adding to the test of fitness that we're trying to do overall mm -hmm. now again now that's not to say that the the weekend is is ruined because right. of the ball toss. they're not all winners um, bill all right no, <laughs> no, absolutely but and I, and I think that that's you know that's but i'm that with is you one of the things that we've been seeing is we see the programming and how it's evolved and how how do they get to the test that they're mm -hmm. trying to show I know what they were trying to do with this because if you go and try to, if GHDs are one thing, right? Med ball throws are another thing. You put those together is another thing, and then you try to do that for speed, like yeah, that shit's not easy. Yeah. I mean that that's that's a very difficult thing to do, and there's a lot of midline stability that you're looking at. I just think that it, it kind of lost, it got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I think it was too much for what it was, but you know the one thing that it does do is I like how it sets up it takes away a little bit of your midline mm -hmm. going into the next event. So the only thing right. that I will say is that I like that piece, blow some stuff out and then go into the next true event and then go from there. Yeah. You, you could say the causality of the event was fun to p interfere with the, the next event. I, you know, right. I, I saw the med ball talk. I actually like this. This is probably one of my least favorite events. Um, I, I would have preferred the softball toss even over this one. Just because yeah. we said there's a lot, there was a lot of weird arbitrary things that they used to, to score that. But Chad McKay wins the ball toss for the men. 
On the women's side, it is where is this? Uh, Cheryl Brost. Yeah, Masters athlete kicking ass with the the, uh, with the individuals. Um, And so what Bill was talking to is that this was a kind of like a buy-in event leading into one of some people's you know top favorite ones is uh, called the track triplet. And what the track triplet was was three rounds for time. Eight split snatches at 115 and 75, where they'd have to actually snatch and split their feet, but then switch every other rep yeah. into seven yeah. bar muscle ups and a 400 meter run. And this was the event that, you know, that piece threw a lot of people for a loop. But this is one of the, we, we got one of those famous highlight reel moments between Chris Spieler and Graham Holmberg. Yeah where I think Spieler just totally sells out and dives across the finish line on totally. rubber track with no shirt on. Get it, Chris. I was like, Get was it. it worth it? <laughs> Tell it's me when you, when, it, you, when you peel yourself off your bed sheets in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's always worth it in the moment for that one-tenth of a second. I mean, I, I've, I've done a dive <laughs> before and, and really hurt my hip doing it, but I won, so it's totally worth it. Yeah. Plus, it looked no, cool. I, yeah, totally. And it does look cool, man. It's, you know, it makes it... it if there was, if there really was like the Instagram back then, oh yes, you know that this would be like repeated over that over dive and would over. be repeated and repeated. Um, I I liked what the event was. I thought the split snatch piece was uh, a wrinkle. I, I yeah, I I didn't again. I didn't see the need. Um, I know from my from where I'm sitting again. Like I'm, I'm not programmed. Dave is programming this stuff, but. From where I'm sitting, it looks to me like you're trying to test a coordination type mm-hmm. thing here. And not because the weight is not heavy. Eight split snatches at 115 and 75 pounds, not a big deal for these guys. Um, it was the you had to alternate the feet. So now you have to be aware of how you're stepping every time. The problem that I saw with that is there's too much of a loophole. What exactly determined a split oh, snatch? Like like, are distance. you actually going a true split or is it just that your toe has to end up behind where your heel was? So again, like you aren't really, you're not, you're not trying to do the movement of the split snatch. You're trying to find the shortest path while you're doing that. So I just, I just think again, that it, the event itself, if you just said eight snatches, seven bar muscle-ups and four, and, and then a 400 meter run, mm-hmm. I would have liked that better. Um, in fact, if it was me, if reprogram, if I was going to reprogram this, I would keep the numbers, the eight, the seven, and then I would change the run a little bit because I just think the run. That run was a huge factor in that event. That was, it was entire run. Like everyone can do the bar muscle ups. Everyone can do the split snatch. So it's just, now you're having to do that under, yeah. you're having to race to 400. So if you're a good 400er, you're going to, you're going to do, you're going to do well in this event. And I, I, I wish that could have brought been brought down just a touch. What I, that, I thought, I thought the event was cool. Yeah. And, and it exactly like it did come down a lot. I mean, some people had trouble with the bar muscle ups. I th- believe this is the first time we've had bar muscle ups in competition. Yeah. So that, that yeah. was new to the competitive scene, but not new to the training scene for these right. athletes. But, uh, Daniel Tominski right. won yeah. the men, uh, men on the men's side. And then it was Julie Fouché who took first on the women's side yeah um so that track triplet that closes out the second event of the day for friday and then we move in to the soccer or the tennis stadium not soccer stadium we were at the soccer stadium um no we were at the outdoor track 
of which soccer could be played on, but that is not the soccer stadium. Uh, we move into the tennis stadium for the first time for the weekend, and we have the med ball handstand push-up event, which yeah. was one of those events that reminded me that I am not good enough to be at the CrossFit Games, no matter how good I thought I was. And it was three rounds for time, eight med ball cleans, so basically med ball over the shoulder, 150 for the men, 80 for the women, a 100-foot med ball carry, seven parallel handstand push-ups, and then a 100-foot med ball carry back. Yeah. Um, I, this is one... These, this event, I think, is one of my all-time favorite events. Really? Not that I would do... Not that I would do... Yeah, just because I like the... Um, I like the uniqueness of what it is, and I mm-hmm. like the fact that you travel back and forth. And what I really liked is the execution of how it caught people way off guard. Like this is the one where Julie. Fouché, yeah, you're right. He, 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 here's a gymnast who has no problem doing handstand walks or whatever, or handstand pushups. And she got buried because she went out too hard, too fast. And like trying to really regulate mm-hmm. uh, the gymnastic skills. Same thing happened with Jason Kalipa. He was out there and all of a sudden fail, 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 fail on the, on the handstand pushup. It was just a really cool event to watch. Uh, the seeing the sandbag like that for, I think this was the first time with anything that big, uh, D-ball. up over the I think shoulder. It was a D-ball. Oh yeah. 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 But seeing that, but up over it, the shoulder, that was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, the carry, uh, mm-hmm. again, I, I don't think a lot of people figured or really knew at the time that carrying, you know, a, a, an, a weird object like that takes a lot out of your gut, takes a lot out of your breathing. We, yes. we, we see that a lot now, but that was way back in the day. I, I really liked what the event was. It was fun to watch. It did. It, it forced some people into some really weird places. And I, mm-hmm. and I think the numbers were, were perfect. I think that they, it, it was set up awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I was surprised, like you said, to see what happened to Julie. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, you're right, were thrown off guard because, you know, when you do a parallel handstand push-up, you need to have your core so locked in with that that kip coming from the yeah. from the bottom that the cleans take away for one. And at yeah. the time, that was it. That was heavy. That was <laughs> he- There's a reason why they programmed eighty for the women. Now it would be a hundred, right? It's one fifty right. and hundred is traditional. And now they're like, make it two hundred and one fifty. We have no problem with it. But at the time, <laughs> it was different. And then those carries, and again, another demand on the core and the arms just to hold it and, and walk through I, I, it really you're right it was a huge curveball for those athletes and yeah you know again it, and it was a nighttime event and the, the feel and the vibe and now the stands were this is when the stands like you were there was not an empty seat in the house right but right? things right. were getting loud and the way it was set up because you know they were doing cleans on one end of the tennis stadium and they'd walk the ball to the other and they do handstand so the visual was it was amazing yeah, you got me sold. All right, talking it was, myself it a, into it. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that one. Put that into we, the, into the. We uh, may, we may see that one in the bracket style event, we'll, right? In our bracket style one. event, <laughs> and, and those of you guys just joining us for the 2012 version, when we finish through 2019, we're going to do a special episode of our very favorite cross events of all time. Totally, total subjectiveness when it comes to that. Right now, we're just going through the numbers. And pick a little round-robin knockout style of what that may be. So that one is definitely going into the Rolodex. And that will close out Friday night. So we're about halfway through the competition. 
and just looking at kind of what had, and we're, we're using this um, program analysis worksheet that's provided by the level two. And you can find it on page 65. And we're just kind of keeping track of things like movements, time domains, modalities, uh, rep volume, rep schemes. And we've had a lot of gymnastics and monostructural and not a whole lot of weightlifting up until this point. Now, yeah. important to note is that there are cuts coming. Um, they haven't happened yet. So we want to make sure is that, you know, when there is a cut, we would like to see there be a lot of balance. Like, was this a, a well-balanced test before we removed athletes from the field of play? We haven't had a cut yet, so there's still room to go. But just one thing I've noticed is that we've had a, a lot of single modality things, a, a few, um, based off the test. But again, those were weighted less than the bigger events. Uh, a lot of gymnastics, monostructural, only two necessarily I would, I would call weightlifting movements. I don't, I don't put the ball toss in there. But all we've done is a snatch. Ball toss. And damn ball toss, uh, a snatch and the, the med ball yep. or, or the, the D ball. I'm sorry. Yep. So that's where at. So that's kind of, you know, as we look at this, we, we, we are not going to analyze it from two days of the four, but just looking into the next day, we would hope to see some more barbell stuff, especially before they make their first cut. So here comes Saturday morning and we start things off with a, shuttle sprint. And this is kind of a two-part event again. So there's a shuttle, part one is a shuttle sprint. So it's 50 yards down and back, 100 yards down and back. And then what was the time between? I think it was a, I think there was like a, a two minute, two minute break. It, I mean, it, was, it was pretty fast. It was pretty fast. They not not sure a lot of recovery. Let's just say that. Yeah. And if you've yeah. ever done a 50, 50, 100, 100, that is brutal. Yeah. And then we go into another and I'm, I'm going to start putting events in that favorite event basket. Yeah. The rope sled event, which was a 20-foot rope climb and a 20-yard sled push, but it was like this NFL tackling dummy setup that yeah. offensive linemen use. Yeah. Um, five rounds for time. And so 20-foot climb, 20-yard sled push. This was, again, it was at the outdoor track. Yep. And it just went down the field as you navigated through and the athletes would have to run back and th some of the highest ropes we've seen. I mean, I guess we saw it in 2010 at the end, but it was well, another one of those just surprising events, I feel like, for a lot of athletes. But again, yeah. a really cool spectator visual event at the same time. Well, I, I think, again, the the cool thing, and I'm I'm always in favor for an event that you can't necessarily train in your home gym. Like if you're going to do the exact same thing at your home gym, it, it's like, all right, it does, I, I don't think it tests necessarily what you need to do. Um, the sprint was a sprint. Uh, this is where we saw Dan Bailey and we're like, who, who is this guy? This, and if you watch the videos, he looks like a little baby face Dan Bailey. I mean, he still looks like a baby face now, but that baby face Dan Bailey out there just blowing doors on people on the run. And all I saw was just kind of going. <laughs> all I saw was blue like eyes going, oh. and biceps. <laughs> well, he was a lot of that man, totally. <laughs> um, but the you know the rope climb had the had the piece where had the standard where you had to stop your hands at a certain point before yes. you could drop to the to the floor. Uh, again, you the athletes had to understand the rules. And so that the was important for some athletes. 
Oh man, Neil Maddox. I Neil think Maddox. Like, with like four extra rope climbs, all because he just didn't stop. His I think he had to do his very first climb three times. Uh, it was out of control. And that was it because. And that he was out. Yeah. Like that put him out at that point. So it just, it just smashed him. But I, I, I liked what the event was. Uh, the pro the the one thing that I had and this is when anytime you have any sort of a sled is there is now a way you can find the loophole if you have the ability to change how the sled is going to be now mm -hmm. if you have to push the sled where the skids stay on the ground the entire time that's going to be one thing you obviously you have to look at what the grass is like and is it dry or is it not dry whatever but if you watch the guys that won that event, like Matt Chan crushed that crushed event. that event. Now, granted, he won because he was one of the only people that were running in between. So he was making up all the distance because as you move that sled down, that distance between the sled where you dropped it off and the rope got longer and longer and longer. So there was a lot of time in there. The athletes that were walking were losing time. The ones that mm -hmm. were running like Matt were, were making up a ton of time. But Matt was literally lifting the sled up and probably only had, I don't know, three inches right. of sled actually right. on the ground that he was driving. And you see the other athletes that if they had the entire sled on the ground, I mean, they were burying themselves trying to push that thing. So I, I like what the event was. I think there were some loopholes in there, some things that you could adjust that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, changed what the event was going to be, or if you found the shortcut kind of a thing. Um, so I, I, it's always hard to have that, but right. I liked what it was. I liked the fact that it was a, a, a tool that most athletes aren't going to be used to or, yes. or aren't going to be training with. Um, and I think that that made it fun to watch for sure. Here's the fun part when you when you look at this combo event, right? The shuttle sprint to buy into this event before that break was a 50-point event. The rope slide was a 100-point event. I'm looking at the, the parallels between who did well in the sprint and the rope sled, and it is starkly different for at <laughs> totally. least the, for at least the top five so on, on the men's side nate schrader wins the sprint so he got first but then 18th in the sled dave levy yeah. gets second and 43rd <laughs> and then you see and these are guys that just like sold out for 50 points i don't understand that but yeah you got second 43rd third 39th fourth 30th fifth 36th <laughs> it isn't until you get to ninth Chase Daniels gets ninth and eleventh, and then you start to see ninth and sixth, ninth and twelve. You know, so there's. It took a while to get some balance, so some guys went for it. On the women's side, uh, oh, we said Matt Chan won the the second part, so the rope sled. On the women's side, the sprint, Deborah Corner Carson, yeah, showcasing that track background. She was so yeah. fast, so fast. She wins the sprint, and on the rope sled, it is. Becca. Becca. Becca Voigt. Dude, workhorse. Man. Workhorse. Always. But uh, here's your top three on the women's side. Becca Voigt, Annie Thorsauter, Ozade Boramond. Yeah. There's a throwback name. And those are yep. some strong women. Yep. Right? And so and that, that definitely helped in that. But Kristen Clever gets fourth. So, you know, she's breaking the mold there. But she, you know, she was, again, just this is a grinded out type event. Yeah, but even but even look at them. I mean, Becca, thirty first on the sprint, first on the rope sled. Right, Annie, right. Fifteenth on the sprint, second on the rope sled. Uh, Azade, twenty sixth and third. Kristen, thirty eighth and fourth. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it, I think. But that's think the way to do it because it was a hundred points. Yeah. Like, what? Why? 
Uh, as, and that's when you're as a coach, you're like, why did you do that for 50 why points? Why did you do that? <laughs> what? <laughs> you could have gotten 30th in the second event and gotten 50 points. I mean, if I when I look down the women here, I, I would say Telena was 14th on the sprint and 11th on the sled. So okay. good. So that's what you want. You want some good balance to maximize your that. points. Cheryl yeah. Bross was 15th and 16th, right in the middle on both. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, it's. Uh, I mean, obviously, you want to. You want to. If they were both equal, you'd want to be equal between the two. If it's one that's weighted, I mean, half is less. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, right. You're not losing much on that one. You know, save it for the other one. This is your. This has got to be your warm up. Exactly. Unless you're like, okay, I'm gonna get my ass kicked and everything. So. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm man. going Those for it. Are mine. <laughs> What's the time cap on the second one? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that was event one on Saturday. I would say in terms of the sled push, that was a, a different weight. You know, it's not a barbell. That's a, that's a but weightlifting. Yeah. When you saw that, that thing was heavy and it yeah. was tough to do. And you, it required a lot of strength and power to get that done. So we're, we're going to qualify that as a weightlift. I mean, anything externally loaded on you will be qualified as a weightlifting movement. So that, that fills a little piece we were talking about coming in. Um, we do have some more running and sprinting. Uh, and then those gymnastics, again, just, just one element. We actually haven't done a lot of different movements. Mm -mm. You know, we've, do, we've done a lot of moving. Yeah. You know, obstacle course, Pendleton. But uh, what is it? Let's, let's count the number of movements we've done um, before we get into this next event. We've done what, a snatch, a bar muscle up, a med ball clean, a handstand push up, and a rope climb. Those are the actual movements yep. we've done, which is kind of crazy because it doesn't have to be that convoluted to be very effective. So right. um, now we move into the next event, which is the clean ladder, which will afterwards, we'll be making our very first cut at the CrossFit Games for 2012. Now I like to see this as, you know, what do we just say? What are we missing? A big strength event. They have it. And now they're going to make a cut. And so what it was is uh, just to clean one every 30 seconds, progressively getting heavier. And the tiebreaker was, uh, I think, max deadlifts you could do in the time yeah. remaining. Yeah. Um, so, so if you knew you weren't going to get it. that weight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, which was cool. That was a, a cool little tiebreaker. Um, the men got to a weight where I wouldn't have been able to ac even accomplish the tiebreaker. <laughs> Um, but on the on the men's side, it was Neil Maddox with 365 pounds. Yeah. Oh. And on the women's side for the clean ladder was Elizabeth Akinwali at 235 pounds. Now she tied with Lindsay Valenzuela, but the tiebreaker went to Akinwali because she had done five extra deadlifts at 235, where Valenzuela had only done two. Yep. Now this is when we make the cut. Now, let's look at the, because a lot of things we need to judge the cuts on, and I think me and you are both in agreement, we're not huge fans of cutting down the field. Yeah. But if they do, we want to make sure that they have appropriately tested the field prior to the cut. And so let's, let's recap quick. Pendleton, long aerobic endeavor, obstacle course, athletic test, broad jump, another athletic test. We'll skip past the ball throw and just go directly to <laughs> directly to the track triplet. Classic CrossFit. Um, the med ball cleans and the handstand push-ups. So we got some more gymnastics and high skills and strength, the sled rope and the, the sprint. And now we have a weightlifting. I'm okay with making a cut here if that is what we wanted to do. 
because I feel like everyone has been appropriately tested and can't say you missed this one thing that I didn't get an opportunity to, to, to showcase. Right. And, you know, if you would have if you would have taken the cut and put it right before the clean ladder, then it would have been inappropriate yes. time. Like if yeah. it, there would have kind of like we hole. saw last year. Yeah. No, we, uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on, moving on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I think that I think that if you were to move that. That cut. You would be you you would have no option but to say, OK, we really didn't lift anything heavy yet. Like the mm -hmm. sled was heavy. But it wasn't. Yeah, the I sled was heavy. The head, ball was really awkwardly heavy. It. Yeah, it's it's just it's a it's an awkward way to look at it. Mm -hmm. When you put the clean ladder in there and you have everyone, okay, you get to lift something heavy. It's one rep. Uh, all right, like it's now okay. You can, and I think that that's totally viable time to do that. So you're, you're right. I, I again, I I'm not a fan of the cuts. It's like what you said, but that's a good time to do it. Um, I don't think that. Uh, if you have to make a cut, that was the best place to make your first cut. And I like the way that they they try to because there's a lot of cuts in this year. Yes. I mean, and go from 36 to 18 to 15 to tw or 24 to 18 to 15 to 12. So there's a lot. Yes. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of that, um, but this was a good first cut here. Mm. And so they cut down to 36, as you just mentioned. And then we have one more event on Saturday. We go back into the tennis stadium where they'll be cutting again to 24. So, you know, my first uh, worry is what's this event going to be that they're going to make another cut. Right. And it's funny that I said, what's this event going to be? Because we didn't know what this event was going to be until they said two minutes to go on air. And then someone slapped a handwritten workout or event in front of our face. Um, cause I, yeah, I was, I was actually helping call play by play for the women. Yeah. And so the women were going first, but this event changed, I think like six times in the yeah. hour leading up to it. It's like, no, Dave changed his mind. And, and this is, this is kind of back in the days where we could just do things on the fly. Yeah. And honest to God, we were sitting there two minutes to go and then somebody dropped the event in my lap. I was like, okay. Um, and so what it is, is I call it's, it's called the chipper, but I think a lot of us call this the pyramid chipper from the games. And it's a laundry list of movements. So it started with 10 overhead squats, 155 and 105, 10 box jump overs, 24 and 20, 10 fat bar thrusters at 135 and 95, into 10 power cleans, 205 and 125, 10 toes to bar, 10 burpee muscle ups. And then you go back down, 10 toes to bar, power clean, thrusters, box jump overs, and overhead squats. So we have... Every movement that we just talked about not seeing in the first two and a half days, <laughs> and we've we've uh, we've covered them all. This you know we, we've kind of seen this in the past a few times where we look around and like what haven't we done? What what are we missing? Oh, we've we only missing? done five legitimate um, exercises with a with Let's a bar check or a body boxes right now. <laughs> um, this to me is one of again as we get deeper into these uh, in this series more and more events I've fallen in love with. And this Pyramid Chipper, I really enjoyed, partly because I was good at it. But, you know, again, we were going to be very subjective in how we <laughs> like things when we do our roundtable uh, knockout discussion. But this was super fun to watch. It was amazingly set up on the tennis stadium floor. Again, it was Saturday night. There was even a, a more rambunctious crowd. You know, the yeah. lights were on. It was nice and dark. And 
I mean, it hit all the bases that we haven't hit in a way, and it was super fun to watch. I I really like this event, especially if you're going to do another cut. Yeah, going into the final day of competition. Yeah, I I like the fact that I liked what all the movements were. Um, I again hindsight being 2020, if I was to rewrite this, I wouldn't make it fat bar thrusters. Um, that to me was kind of useless. I would have made the power. I would have made the cleans fat bar cleans. Oh, and changed it that way. Yeah, I know it would have been worse. You're a jerk, I Bill. I know that, but like to me, it's like <laughs> fat bar thrusters. Like it doesn't. Okay, so those of you guys who don't know what a fat bar is, is it's a it's a fat bar. It's basically a barbell that doesn't have where the collars are spinning. So the 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 idea is it's a little different sitting on your front rack position. And then as the weights turn, the barbell itself is going to turn. But I just think, I don't think that with the thruster, that much stuff really changes all that much. I mean, the bar isn't moving that much. If you're taking it from the ground where that bar has to spin and then come up, I, I would see that being different. So like if you were going to throw a fat bar in there, mm -hmm. I think that would be the tweak. I get what you're saying. Um, um, but I mean, but as far as what the movements are, I like the overhead squat for the weight. I think that's cool. Box jump over is cool. Just kind of keep people moving. I think it's fine to have a thruster in there. Um, you know, the power cleans right on. Let's see where, where they're going to go. I like that, that you know, this is when the burpee muscle up mm -hmm. became kind of a thing. Yes. Like the, you know, the, this, this kind of three year, the year before this, this year, the year after that, you, you start to see that, that movement in it. It's, it's a, it's a cool movement because one of the things about muscle ups itself is the first muscle up, like you need the first muscle up to get going. And then usually people can kind of string them together. But here you have to break that up every single time. And, you know, you, you have the push that you got to deal with, you know, and, and as you get in, go through that dip, plus you have the push up on the, on the, on the burpee. So I, I think it's, it's really cool. The movements I really like, I, I, again, this is just hindsight stuff. Um, armchair quarterback in it. I would, I would change where the fat bar is, but other than that, super cool. And again, um, just like what you said, we have a lot of movement. So if we had to make a cut, we've tested a bunch of stuff here mm -hmm. to make that cut. And so we cut down to 24 athletes after this. We had 36 coming in. On the men's side, the winner is Rich Froning. Mm -hmm. Time of 7.06. And on the women's side is Julie Fouché in a time of 7.43. And that'll close out Saturday night. So we have one more day of competition left. And we still have three more cuts. And we start off day four with Love it. the double banger. And this was, they brought out, I loved it. This was really cool. So this, 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 is, they, going in, this is going in the race too. Just 50 double unders, a low banger. And we'll describe what that is in a second. 50 double unders and then a <laughs> down banger. And then 50 double unders and a mid banger. And what these were is three different apparatuses where there was a sledgehammer given yep. to the athletes and this this block on a sled or, or uh, not a sled, uh, a slide. A like skid. A, a skid. skid. There we go. Thank you. Um, the low banger was it was basically ground level and they had a straddle and hit it between their legs backwards. The down banger was, uh, how did they do that? 
No, I think the low was golf swing. Oh, so sideways. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so the a side swing was the middle, the like straddle. between the yes. legs. And then the mid banger was on the side, like you're chopping. Like waist level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so yeah. they, they had to hit this um, block a certain distance on a skid, and the blocks weighed different uh, weights for both the men and the women. And you really got to see um, who, well, that, that would be inappropriate to say. <laughs> Who uh, grew up swinging a sledgehammer is the <laughs> most obvious way I could say that. I had a bunch of other horrible <laughs> analogies to use, but I, I won't use those. But um, yeah, you saw a lot of different um, strategies is what I could say on how to swing a sledgehammer. <laughs> there was a lot. The So I, this piece comes right out of like the fire realm. If you look at... Uh, you know, firefighting uh, competitions and things like that. They always have a sled. It's called a Kaiser sled where they would do this technique and they'd work with the hammer. In fact, the hammers, I believe they were using were the same style um, as they use in the, uh, the firefighter challenges and stuff. I liked what it was because coming from my fire realm, I, I got all excited about it. It was, I think, a good test to find, again, just general grunt work capacity have you done work before or are you you know just one of those people that i just lift barbells with, yeah. with perfect efficiency and i don't do anything with that fitness outside of that it's very similar to the in my mind to the um the 2009 row spike event where they had to yes. uh, hammer the spike yes. into the ground same type of idea um I liked what it was there. Obviously, you know, again, there's, if you don't have that skill, then it's kind of like, you can't really play the game, which we saw that with a lot of people that they were either tink, 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 tink <laughs> on the thing, instead of being able to really understand how to use this, the, the sledge. But on a spectator level, the fact that everyone would get done. Oh man. And then they would jump up on top of their little podium afterwards and they're I think, was it a box? I think it was a box. To the sky as the entire crowd is yelling. <laughs> in thor fashion ah you know like the whole you know uh lucas parker and just yes like that look crowded stadium mm -hmm. everyone going you know so, being so loud you know these athletes jumping up on their pedestal and raising their hammer and in, in victory and I, like that was cool dude that makes that and the makes crowd was so video. close to them we're talking yeah. feet uh, yeah, they were right there, Ugh. right there. And this was, I mean, you always talk about the, the, the stadium, um, the nighttime, you know, when the, when the, yeah. when the lights, yes. when the, but this was mid, this was like early first event early of the day afternoon, late, late afternoon or late morning. The sun is like square up in the sky, blazing down on everyone. And I, I, like that picture I dig, um, I think that, I think that's super cool. I, I love this event. I loved seeing it. I loved calling it. I loved what it was. It, it was, was awesome. really cool. And it was really fast. So you never kind of got complacent with the call. Kyle Kasperbauer wins at 251. Yeah. And yeah. his his last, I just, I'll never forget his last mid-banger where he was, he went like, I don't want to say Wolverine berserk mode because yeah. um, that is your guy. It's but a, it's all right. It's all right. You, you recognize the ferociousness that he was he was trying to finish there because you could see the guys around you and the girls around you trying to finish so casper bauer wins that event and elizabeth akinwali 
wins it for the the women's side. So that was the last event we did before we went to, I would put in quotes, the final event. And we cut down to eight ath- 18 athletes. We had 24 coming in. And again, for what it was and everything that we've already tested, this was another unique test. So I was okay with the cut from there because if you had done your job for the first three days and all the events collected leading up to this, you wouldn't have been in danger of being right. at the bottom. So um, love the event. I'm okay with the cuts. And then we move into the final. And like we've seen in a lot of finals um, in the past is that this is another three-part final event. And what this was, was the girls. It was Elizabeth, followed by Isabel, followed by Fran. Now with Elizabeth, this was when, so Elizabeth to us is 21.59, cleans at 135 and 95 in ring dips. Mm -hmm. Now it's squat cleans prior to this event being done at the CrossFit Games. Right. Which was one of my least favorite girl ones just because I don't like deadlifting. I don't like front squatting and a clean is the combination of the two. So not a fan, (laughs) but what they did this year for this event is they allowed them to do power cleans. Yeah. Which completely changes Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Like Elizabeth is horrible because of the squat. The power cleans made it fun. Um, so what they would do is they would, they would do the event. All 15, what was it 18? All 18 athletes would do it at the same time. And then they would cut. So they would do Elizabeth, cut down to 15. Isabel, which is 30 snatches for time at uh, 135 and 95. They could power it in in which way they wanted. Then they cut to 12. And then they'd go to Fran, 21.59, thrusters and pull-ups, which was, it was really cool. They had breaks in between. It was 300 points. So a lot of things could change. And, and which was, it was fun. It's like, you're trying to do the math in between. It's like, who's getting cut? Who's in first? What's the yeah. podium look like? And you're like, oh wait, Rich Froning is like, at this point, Rich Froning is running away <laughs> with the competition, but we were, you know, the podium was still in jeopardy and who on the women's side and, and Annie was doing the same. Like this year, Rich and Annie oh, was the first time we went into Sunday. We're like, it's over. Yeah. It's over. But who's going to be on the podium? And there was a yeah. lot of cool races, especially on the women's side, um, going in the frame, which we'll talk about in a second. So, um, so, so go to Elizabeth, power cleans, ring dips. Um, good test in terms of power output. The, the, each individual test is kind of the same test, I would say. That two to three minute, I mean, normal, just pure blast furnace style. Yet the combination you could look at um, as a, it, it's another event in total, even though it wasn't scored, if that makes sense. It's like, right. it almost like an interval event. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, and we've had this conversation before. I, I'm all for those, but I don't like, I, I don't like it when you can game the three. Now, the nice mm-hmm. thing about this was if you gamed it, you were going to get cut. Or you, you if were you gamed at it risk slow. Get, right. If you if you were like, okay, I go, I'll go hard on Elizabeth, I'll try to take it easy on Isabel, and then I'll go hard on Fran to kind of save myself some time. Um, if you do that, you're at risk of not making it 
to Fran because your, right. your points might not be there. I liked what it was. I think it was, uh, on, on, as far as a spectator setup goes, it was super exciting. Uh, whenever you have something super fast like that, it is going to be exciting and the races are close and everyone's going all for, you know, all in. When, when I look at this at the end of what it is, it would have been nice to have, I think, some of these things more in the, uh, you know, the, the earlier part of the competition. When we have the uh, only yeah. real short one that we had. Where there's more the, players. The, the, yeah. You yeah. Because I mean? the, the only one that was fast was the obstacle course. Other than that, everything, we're, we're missing that, that, you know, two, three minute time frame. Yep. Um, blaster. But I thought it was really apropos. I mean, I guess if you're looking at the whole thing that we end the CrossFit games with three girl workouts. I mean, that's what we do. That's what CrossFit is. For lack of a better events, term, you know? just some classic just some CrossFit. CrossFit. We're going to test you on some CrossFit. Now, granted, like you said, they're all basically the same event. It wasn't that there was anything that was high skill. It wasn't. This was who can grip and rip and who's going to be able to keep that capacity for the two or three minutes that they got to work. Um, but uh, I, it was fun to watch. I mean, it was exciting. And yes. it was hot. It was so Dude, hot. Like, they were dying like, out they were there. Having, <laughs> they, some, of, some of the athletes, they had like towels that were soaked in water around their neck and all the hats and glasses until they had to go. And then they threw everything off. Did the, did the event real fast and then threw it all right back on again so they weren't burning up. Because they're just out there. There's no shade. There's mm -hmm. no protection. They're just out there being just they're being fried like ants under the magnifying glass, you know, of our magnifying glass watching them. It was crazy. It, it was really cool. And, and as it unfolded, you know, the, the drama of like, it wasn't necessarily the drama of who was winning because we already kind of knew that. But, right. you know, there was that race on the podium like Matt Chan and Kyle Kassebauer, but like who was going to get cut? Right. Who was the next guy to get cut? Um, so that was exciting to watch. So as this unfolded, we'll kind of go from, from uh, on the men's side is Rich Froning wins Elizabeth. And then he wins Isabel. Elizabeth, his time was 2.33. Crazy. 2.33 uh, with power cleans. Isabel, after this, after everything, 1.20. Yeah. Which is so fast. Um, so he wins the first two. And then Fran actually went to Scott Pancheck. Yeah. So that was his first win of the CrossFit Games. And it's funny. It's like, Scott, I think, got like a top five finish overall. Fourth. Yeah, four. He finished yeah. fourth overall. This is his first win of the weekend. And and that's just a Scott Pancheck thing. I mean, we know him now, but like he was so consistent. Yeah. So consistent. So he wins Fran. On the women's side, for oh, I just clicked away from it. For Elizabeth, it was Deborah Corner Carson. She wins Elizabeth. For Isabel, Annie Thor's daughter, 129. And then on Fran, it was Camille LeBlanc Bazinet at two thirty-five. Yeah. But here's where the uh, the race was because going into I think even going into the last part, there was a battle between Talena Fortunato and Chris and Clever. Yep. And basically, it was like going into Fran that whoever beat the other one was going to get that position. That's that's kind of how close it was. And I remember. Talena, you know, she was going and like Chris would pass her on the thrusters, but she would catch up on the pull-ups and then uh, Chris was ahead of her. Yeah. 
into the round of nine pull-ups, but then she she her grip she, totally blew out. Yep. She comes off the pull-up bar, and Talena sneaks in ahead of her by like six seconds. I think was yeah. the uh, was that. So that that got um, Talena on the podium. So it was a fun, exciting final. They cut a little bit after one. They had three three chances, a hundred points each. So a lot of moving and shaking went into that. And so we look at the overall leaderboard. Rich Froning wins with 1089 points. Second place, Matt Chan. Yeah. He I mean he had a he was so good so that weekend. Good that so good. Yeah. Um 975, so Rich won by 104 114 points and then third was Kyle Kasperbauer at 930. Scott Panchik fourth, Jason Kalipa fifth. I mean Kalipa's just sitting there always in that mix. Yeah. On the women's side, it was Annie Thor's daughter at 10.62. Second place, Julie Fouché, so almost 100 points. And then Julie Fouché narrowly beats Telena Fortunato by only four points because Telena got second in Fran and Julie got fifth. And Telena gets third at 9.73. So just four points separating second and third. So like we said, it was a very exciting final to watch what the podium would look like even though it was all said and done uh, for the first place side. Yeah, and I mean, even if you look at the, uh, the you know, that battle for third and fourth, I mean, that was only nine-point difference between Telena and, and Chris Clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when Chris was, man. Well, Chris was hard was, charging because Telena's, like, kind of spit the bit in Elizabeth to start yeah. off. She got 15th. Yeah. 15th. And Chris got second. And, and yeah. uh, Julie got ninth. So, like, Chris... And that very first event immediately put herself back into contention over the top three. Well, I mean, and she did she did exactly what she needed to do. If you look at Elizabeth, her placing for Elizabeth, uh, Isabel, and then Fran was second, third, and third. Yeah. Like that's smashing through those events. That's that's I mean, talk about getting yourself back in the game. We talked mm-hmm. about how it's three hundred points and right. you just went second, third, third. Right. And Boom. that and that scoring system was like ninety seven, ninety four, yeah. ninety four. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, and and that was it. And that was a very exciting. The men's side wasn't as close, but you know we've always seen amazing races on the women's side. Yeah. Um. So so that was the the scope of the weekend in terms of all the events and kind of how we remember those and our little memories of of these. So <laughs> we what we want to do again at the end of all of these episodes is to determine how was the test. Was the test appropriate to um, officially named this is the fittest man and woman on earth. And, you know, I've been keeping track on this sheet. Uh, again, we have this programming analysis sheet. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing sexy. It's nothing revolutionary, but it helps steer the ship. Um, that is provided by the level two training guide that you guys can download and look up for yourself. Um, but again, the things that we look at, um, not just on this paper, but those other tests of fitness, you know, you have your hopper model, like, and what that is is just the number of events, the changes, and the variants that that are displayed. The modalities in terms of um, uh, short, medium, long type events, and then the ten general physical skills. Those those are some of the other things that we look at to analyze the programming. And just on paper, you have you know gymnastics. Between gymnastics, weightlifting, and monostructural, there's a lot of balance. You're going to see more weightlifting just because of the number of different movements you have. So weightlifting doesn't necessarily mean barbell clean and snatches. It's, you know, well, like we said, the sled is considered 
a weightlifting, weightlifting movement. The D ball is considered any type of sandbag or external loaded. So, you know, you got about nine gymnastics, seven monostructural, and then 14 weightlifting movements. But like I said, the balance is, is there. Um, we had a heavy day. We had three, let's see, three sub five minute events coming in. There's 14 events total, three in the final. But again, we kind of looked at that as one big event as well. So that was kind of, I was the, the fourth judged one. Three, five to 10 minutes, one, 11 to 20. And then we had some plus 21s as well. Total reps, again, there's a lot of fast paced ones, but a lot of the events, it was hard to judge in terms of repetitions. Like you can't judge a triathlon with total reps, right. but you can say they went to that type of modality. Right. right. So, um, they went super long. They went super short. Those were sprints, obstacle courses like that. Um, so there's a lot of good balance there. And then the, the movements that they got in that I, I feel like, and you know, this is to get off this sheet is I love the test. I have no problem whatsoever with the test. In fact, I thought it was a very well-rounded test of a lot of different things in terms of endurance, skills, athleticism, classic CrossFit, strength, um, weird nuanced movements to challenge maybe their adaptability on the fly. Um, and I, I can't not but say, but I loved the programming overall, the test overall, and clearly Rich and Annie were the fittest people in the world. Yeah. And you know, what, what, one of the comments that's always made after every year uh, or, or even the goal before every year is we need to make sure that we find the fittest at the end of the, mm -hmm. it, no matter what the events are, no matter what the order uh, cuts or no cuts, whatever did the fittest make it to the top to be able to showcase themselves. And obviously, especially this year with, with Annie yeah. and Rich, like those guys, it wouldn't have mattered what you threw at them. They would have done really, really well. Now, if yes. I'm looking at taking the players out of it and I'm looking at just the programming, I like all of the events that are set up. The only thing I would have done different is I would have shuffled them around just a touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, the kind of, we're talking about the of, final events being earlier yeah, before you know, cuts. Put some of those like in there a little bit more. Now, you know, one of the things um, that I think is interesting this particular year, and I didn't really think about it until um, actually Jacob Hepner was the one that brought this up when they were talking about the 2019, when everyone was complaining about the 2019 mm. games and how it was set up is if you look in CrossFit methodology, when, when, when Glassman is talking about uh, the foundational pyramid of fitness where sport is up at the top and it starts yes. off with you have your endurance then you have your weightlifting then you have your gymnastics then you have your sport and it goes up that way this actually sets up exactly like that we do our endurance stuff to the beginning we do our weightlifting stuff next we do our gymnastics stuff next and then we actually get to the sports stuff by the time we get to um the rope sled mm. and the the a little bit more specific yes. type of stuff i mean it's 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 not like to the letter perfect, right, but right. it kind of rides does it mimic that rides model that line, yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional or if that was accidental, um, because what is our sport? Our sport is CrossFit. So what do you end up with at the tip of the spear? Mm -hmm. Well, then there's the three girl workouts right there. So mm -hmm. that may be the setup. I don't really know. Um, I like that. Again, it just 
my my if we were to look at overall, I would spread those out a little bit more. But okay. when you lay them all down on paper, I think that the test itself was was uh, a, a good test. I think it got the right people up to the top where they needed to be. I mean, even 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 when you look at the rest of the podium, the people that were there, no, none of them would have been displaced by someone else because no Elizabeth was on was on the second day. No. I don't. I don't think that that would have been the case. So, how it worked out? Awesome, um, fun events. I and I again. I I like the fact that there's some of that weird shit in there, like the <laughs> sleds and the bangers and the, you know, the the goofy stuff like that. I think that that you have you have to be able to have a test that these athletes have not. Mm-hmm been able to practice and it's right. like okay can you adapt can you use your fitness and still excel by having zero skill on it or zero experience on it and i i think that that's super fun to watch and that's what you'd want to test a games athlete specifically because we're not talking Absolutely. about movements they've never programmed in the games before like bar muscle-ups right we're talking about things they've never maybe even seen before or thought yeah. about doing and so now it's like is your fitness on the level that you can have the ability to do anything thrown at you, anything. right? Yeah. Do you have that adaptability? Which I think you know when you think about ten general physical uh, physical skills, throwing eleventh is adaptability is maybe one of those things because that totally. that is that is a huge skill, to, but but that has to be trained, right? right? And so the fun thing for for Dave was is that he always loved programming something no one had ever thought about putting into a workout, let alone a games event. Yeah, and so it was always funny to see kind of them squirm and, and panic a little bit when when he throws out something like you know the banger that he's been like hiding in secret in in the dungeon until yeah. <laughs> it gets unveiled or or the 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 football sled you know that's they've all pushed sleds yeah but not like that you know like yeah. that dummy sled um and, and even the D ball like you wouldn't even think about using that as maybe even a training implement at the time. Um, which is kind of cool to see, and you know, this reminds me of a uh, episode we're going to do later down the road is the effect of the games on gym programming and equipment. Oh my gosh! Uh, like, which that's a whole, that that's might a be a three hour, that own. might be a three part episode, that's a whole but show on its own. Exactly, but it's it's cool to see. So um, we always want to do our due diligence in covering at least um, who finished in the top three, how they did. And, you know, we always touch on the scoring system a lot because depending on what they do, it could affect it. Um, but this year, you know, like we always said, is average of event finishing place is the tell-all about yeah. who was the best. And, yeah. you know, we went through the points. When we look at average event finishing place, Rich Froning's averaged the seventh place over 14 different scored events with three mm-hmm. event wins. Annie Thorstadter averaged 8.2. With two event wins, the next closest on the men's side, second place was 10.8. Wow. Almost four places better. And Annie was uh, just about exactly three. That is how dominant they yeah. were. Now, the one thing to look at, and this is kind of skewed a little bit by the scoring of the final event, um, top three on the men, no change when you look at average finishing place. Rich was seven. Matt Chan was 10.8. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kyle Casperbauer uh, was 11.4. However, on the women's side, Annie Thorosauter, 8.2. Julie Fouché got second by four points total, 
but an average finishing place of 11.2. But Telena Fortunato got third, but her average finishing place was 10.1. Yeah. And so that is where that kind of final event or, or the way that 100-point tiered system works because as, and that's the problem with cuts, is that it, it skews the average event finishing places a little bit. So you think like Telena Fortunato was a whole event finishing place better than Julie Fouché, lost by four points um, based off the scoring system that they had. Um, she had two event wins, but again, I think one of those were a 50-point right. one. So that, that skews the view a hair um because i think what she she won the oh no she won the pendleton obstacle course and the broad jump i believe those are those her back-to-back wins yeah and the the hard part about winning the broad jump is i mean if you look at it was 50 points overall event uh, overall event wins like that it's not worth as much as right. the 100 point event so even though you get that you know, if you're looking, if we're doing overall event placing, mm-hmm. that's saying that every event is worth the same amount. So, I mean, that's kind of where that skew would have been. And in in this scoring system, you got not necessarily bonus points, but you got rewarded by finishing first. Right. And Julie Fouché, to her credit, won three events. Right. She actually had the most individual wins um, on the women, Annie had won two, Telena won two, Akinwali won two, you know, Deborah Corder Carson won two, but Julie yeah. won three, and yeah. that matched the total number that Rich had uh, as well. So, um, didn't change the overall outcome. The fittest were found. The fittest decimated the field that year. But you know, it is one thing to we want to make sure is that we present is that sometimes the scoring system does change the way athletes are shifted on the overall leaderboard, yet had no effect on the the winner right. of this year's CrossFit Games. Yeah. It was a good year. This was, was a good, a good year. year. Man, I forgot about some of these events. This is kind of the fun yeah, part. Totally. So I've got about three or four events I'm putting into my cash uh, for our <laughs> tournament-style event. I know you got a couple yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, nice little trip down memory lane. Good to be back. Oh, man, totally. Thank you guys for joining us as we close out 2012. Our next episode will be 2013.